This program is brought to you by Grand Valley State University. Is September the 27th, 2009. We're in Milwaukee, Wisconsin at the reunion of the All-American Girls Professional Baseball League. We're talking today with one of the players, Maybelle Blair of Palm Desert, California. The interviewer is James Smither of the Grand Valley State University Veterans History Project. Okay, now Maybelle, can you start by telling us a little bit about yourself? Uh, to start with, where were you born? I was born in uh, Lawndale, California, which is right next to LAX Airport. Okay, and what year was that? <laughs> 1927. Wow. We'd never know. I mean, absolutely not. All right. Uh, now, at that point, uh, what did your family do for a living? My father uh, was in charge of a park in um, Inglewood, California. He uh, started it off with the CC caps, and uh, he was very fortunate to get the job. And my mother was a housewife. Mm -hmm. And how many kids were in the family? Uh, two. Okay. Now, was your father able to keep his job through the 30s? Yes. Absolutely, that's what saved us. Mm -hmm. Because we did go through the depression and we were very, very, very poor. Mm -hmm. All right, now at what point did you start uh, playing organized sports or even disorganized sports? Oh, probably uh, when I was about nine years old because my brother, who I worshiped, seven years older than I, and he loved baseball. So naturally, guess what? Little sister was right behind him followed him every step of the way and he'd tell me to go home. But when the boys needed to have somebody with their batting practice, that was the time I could play and I could go shag the balls, mm -hmm. which I was very fortunate, I thought. Okay. Now, did you play in pickup games and things like that, too? Did they let you play at some oh, point? Oh, yeah, when they needed an extra person, and then guess who got to play, you know, out in right field, naturally, at the time. But it was, uh, it was fun, though. Okay. Now, how did that translate into your uh, playing organized softball? When did you start that? I started probably playing organized softball about probably in 1942. Uh, we had uh, little industrial teams or little uh, local teams that uh, they had, and uh, I joined that. And uh, that was a lot of fun when I was still in, well, actually, uh, grade school, I guess. All right. How old were you, do you think, when you started? Probably 12. Yeah, okay. Now, did you have a favorite position? Yes, second base. Okay. Uh, and could you turn a good double play? Or? Oh, my God. They'd hire me today if I was able. But uh, I loved every minute of it. It was a lot of fun. The double play was great. All right. Now, at this point, who were you playing against? or what kind Oh, of just little local teams, you know, a uh, little like some market or some department stores, something like that. We had little leagues. And how would you get to the games? Uh, my father would take me. And uh, my brother would go along grudgingly because, you know, he didn't want to see sister play. It was boring. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, now, at some point, uh, do you move up a level in terms of the league that you're playing? Uh, yes. <clears throat> then they started opening up a real good uh, semi-pro uh, league in Burbank, California. And uh, I was able to go and play in that league, and I was real fortunate to be able to do that, and that was quite exciting for me. Okay, and, and what year did that start up for oh, you? Oh, probably 1942 or three, right in there. Okay, so it's right about the same time that, that the All-American Girls League was, was right. forming up, up in Chicago. Uh-huh, I was right. still in high school, mm -hmm. and... Uh, that's what that took place. Okay. Now, were most of the people who were playing in this league about your age, or were they older? Uh, 
some of them were much older, the ones that took off to go play the All-American. Mm -hmm. And uh, <clears throat> then there was some that was a little younger, both ways. Okay. But I was probably one of the youngest. Okay. Now, at the point when uh, you, now you're playing with this league, uh, how far afield would you travel to play your games now? Still oh, local? <clears throat> all over. And then I started playing with the Pasadena Ramblers. And that was a traveling league during the war. And we used to go and play the servicemen and all over the place. We went to San Diego, we went to Northern California, to all the forts and all of the bases. And that was quite a lot of fun because the guys got a big kick out of it and we really got a kick out of it. And uh, that's what we actually did. We went to play, they had planned a trip for us to go overseas uh, to play the teams. And uh, at that time the war had picked up and they said, no, it would be too dangerous for us to go. So we stayed home. Okay. Now you go, uh, how does it work? You, you, you arrange you're going to go to uh, an army base or a navy base or whatever someplace. How do they orchestrate that and, and, and look after you? Okay. Well, what they would do, they'd uh, send a bus after us, wherever we were, or hire the Greyhound, or there was another bus light. I can't remember what it was at the particular time. And they would charter that for us, pick us up, and uh, take us down. And then we would uh, they'd go into the barracks where the women were, and we would get dressed and all of that, what we had to prepare for. And then uh, after our ball games, they would beat us and entertain us, and then the bus would take us home. All right. Now, were you playing men's teams or women's teams? Men's teams, all women, all men's teams. Now, how did the, the male players react to that? Well, they couldn't believe it because we beat them. <laughs> and they it really hurt them. They thought they, oh God, we'd kill these women. But they couldn't beat us. Uh, you know, they weren't uh, professional ball players, or I mean, good ball players. Some of them were good ball players, but we could just cream them. And we did. They couldn't believe it. Everybody in the stands, all the rest of the soldiers or Navy or sailors or what have you, would just scream and holler at them. You sissy out there, you couldn't catch it. Oh, it was really fun. All right. Now, the All-American Girls League, they had their skirts and all of this kind of stuff. Did, what kind of uniforms did you have? Uh, we just had shorts and uh, a sock, uh, top uh, and, and pants also. And it was generally satin in those days that we uh, all wore. And that was a lot of fun. But it was better for sliding into bases. Oh, absolutely. Than, than, than they, yeah, oh, gosh, you get strawberries. Yeah, it yeah. did. That, whew, that doesn't feel too good. Okay. So you still get strawberries even with the... Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Even the little sliding pen mm -hmm. slides that we had. They had it. All right. Uh, now, was the softball played with sort of a regulation-sized baseball field? or No, a regular field? softball field. So Don't are, ask me the size of the bases. I can't remember that part. Now, are those a little... Are the distances a little bit shorter than baseball? Or oh, yes. Yeah. Much shorter. Uh-huh. All right. So in that way, it, it's sort of similar to what the All-American Girls League was when it started out. When oh, they yes, absolutely. Uh-huh. Absolutely. Right. Okay. Uh, now, in the softball, uh, were you a good hitter? Very good hitter. That was one, one strong point. I'm a good hitter and I had a strong arm. That's why it... Okay. Yeah, and as a hitter, did you hit line drives or long flies? Line drives. I could whack the heck out of that thing. And it was a lot of fun. Enjoyed it. Okay. Now, when you're with the Pasadena Ramblers, I mean, so how far, what, what do you think was the farthest away from home you traveled? Oh, probably 300 miles. 300 miles. So just, just north? North of? California and to San Diego from mm -hmm. Los Angeles. Okay. But, but they weren't sending you out in, in, into the Midwest or anything like oh, that? Oh, no, 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 no. Just the California area. 
Okay. But we hit from northern to southern. All right. Now, as you were doing this, uh, did you have any kind of regular job at the same time, or was the team was your a, job? I was in high school. Okay. You're still in high school. So how did you, so you mostly were playing during the summer when you were out of school, or would they take you out of school to go no, on the trips? No, it was during the summertime, during our uh, summer vacation, because okay. my mother wouldn't let me out of school, period. <laughs> <laughs> All right. No matter how I begged. <laughs> okay. Now, how, now, how long were you playing in, in that league before the... Oh, I was probably there uh, until 1946 or 47 when the scout saw me, uh, the Chicago scout saw me and wanted me to come play professional softball in Chicago. All right. Uh, so you again, so there are, okay, professional softball in Chicago. Uh, was there a league up there? Or? Oh, yes. Uh, a wonderful league up there. Uh, and uh, strictly softball league, and we played all in the Chicago area. And uh, it was, oh God, it was best part, one of best part of my lives was up there. All right, now, the, so, but they were, they were scouting the, the, this California league mm -hmm. that you were in, mm -hmm. all right. Uh, so the scout says, hey, you want to come up and play. Now, did you have to go clear with your parents? Or? Oh my God, are you kidding? <laughs> hey, that poor guy went through the fifth degree, I'll tell you, I felt sorry for him. My mother was just a, every question she could think of, and he promised and promised to take good care of me, and all I'd have to do was put me on the trade, and he would pick me up at the other end. So anyway, I, I would have to write home so often or call home that it was guaranteed, and he saw to it that I did. Okay. Uh, now, had you ever taken a really long train trip like that before? First time in my life, I couldn't hardly go to Inglewood, California. We were so poor that we didn't have any money. So no, that was my very first trip outside the California. Mm -hmm. And do you remember how long it took? Oh golly, yeah, probably a day and a half, two days on train. I really mm -hmm. can't remember, yeah. okay. but it was exciting. All right, then you got up to Chicago. What did they do with you? Well, they met me at the train. They took me to a hotel. And uh, I'm scared to death because I was there all by myself and I'd never been by myself. So I pushed the dresser up against the wall and got me about four baseballs and a bat and dared anybody to come in my room. So <laughs> <laughs> it was really something. I was scared to death. Called my mother and says, I can't afford this. Get off the line. So anyway, I had to uh, cut this conversation pretty uh, close, but oh my God, I was scared. Anyway, I told him, I said, I just can't do this any longer. I can't sleep. I can't do anything. So uh, two days later, I got my roommate in from uh, Missouri, a uh, gal, and uh, we came, became very, very good friends. And uh, I was thrilled to death when she came. So she was my roommate during that period. Okay. Uh, now, was there a specific team that you were assigned to then? Yes, I uh, was uh, with the Chicago Cardinals, mm -hmm. and uh, it was uh, a nice team, and we had uh, a real good team. Now, did each team have its own home park, or were there just certain parks that everybody played in? No, we, everybody had their home park. And where was yours? Uh, well, except for ours. That was oh. the only one that didn't. Excuse me. Okay. Uh, we played at Bidwell Stadium and uh, Bluebird Park, which Charlie Bidwell owned. Mm -hmm. You know, his son now runs the uh, Chicago Cardinals. And, uh, and or, oh, there are well, several they, they, others. Arizona Cardinals these days. The yeah, Arizona yeah. Cardinals okay. these days. Excuse me. Gosh, that's right. I am that's going right. But there was, yeah, but there was a Cardinals foot, Chicago Cardinals football team. Well, that's days. the same one mm -hmm. that came right. out here is now the Arizona Cardinals. Right. 
That's what he owed. Okay. Uh, now, that, did they pay you much of anything? Oh, yeah. Gosh, yeah. I was rich. I made $60 a week. And uh, my gosh, I had money that wouldn't end. I was going to save it and go to college, like a lot of us tried to do it. I sent some home to my mother. Mm -hmm. All right. And I was a rich girl because the hotel room was only $7 a week at that time. All right. Now, did they, what did they do in terms of chaperoning you or looking after you? Were you just on your own, or how did uh, they do that? Our manager uh, was responsible for us, uh, he and his uh, coaches. And uh, they watched out for us. Okay. But you didn't have the same. But kind they didn't of watch me very closely. I'll tell you. No, I was bad. I was bad. I don't know. Did you get yourself in, into trouble, well, or just have a good time? I was always in trouble, having a good time. That was my problem. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Loved everybody. All right. Now, what was what were the games like in this league? Oh, they were wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. Uh, we had some uh, fantastic ball players, like you've seen the Olympic teams today. That's the way our softball teams played ball. Exactly. Was it a higher level of, of ball than what you've been playing in California, or pretty close? Uh, pretty close, but it was higher level because they took the best ball players from each of the teams that you know they would scout and take them back to Chicago. Mm -hmm. That's what happened. All right. Now you're playing. Uh, about how long were you playing then for them? Okay, I played there in '47. And in the uh, latter part of 48, when I hurt my legs, I couldn't move. And that's when I was signed by Max Carey to go play in the All-American League. Okay, now explain how that happened. <laughs> oh, God. Well, anyway, like I said, I was out, it was at uh, Parachy Stadium. And I was out showing off, thinking I, I was a show off for some reason. I can't understand that. But anyway, I was out, pretend like I was a major league pitcher out there throwing the softball. And I can throw a curve, and I got a good arm. So after uh, I got through showing off, this guy comes up to me and says, uh, Maybelle, would you mind coming over here? I'm going to talk to you for a minute. I don't know, of course not, you know. So I go wobbling over. And he says, how would you like to go play for the All-Americans? I thought for about two seconds. And I said, sure, why not? I can't do anything. I said, well, I can't, I can't play. I don't want to play anything but pitcher. He says, oh, that's what I want you for. Mm -hmm. Oh, pitcher. I never played pitcher before. But anyway, I'll go. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, they signed me. And uh, so I got in my car. I had a car at that time after 47 because I'd saved my money. Mm -hmm. So I drove down to Peoria. And uh, they got me a hotel. that had a horrible toothache. And these two little girls there were great fads. So they went out and got me some toothache, toothache medicine and saved my life. And... Um, well, anyway, to make a long story short, uh, they, I went and started pitching. You know, I was there for about, oh, maybe a month. And uh, first of all, he had me uh, go out and call me in at a game. Yeah, call me in, I guess that was what. Hey, Mel, come in and pitch. I said, oh, okay, I, here I come, you know. And Dizzy Dean herself is walking out there. So I was out there, and there's somebody on the first base, I don't know who it was, but I think it was Sophie Curry. Mm -hmm. But uh, I wound up, I'm telling you, I wound up for 40 minutes. The time I got through and wide, <laughs> that runner was on third base, you know, mm -hmm. not knowing, I forgot all about I had a runner on. And uh, anyway, that was the fun of it. I had a lot of fun. And then they start button because they found out I couldn't uh, move. Okay. 
Uh, let's sort out here your, your, this, this, your baseball career a, a little bit. Uh, how long were you with the team before they put you in? Was it, you said that was about a month? Uh, I was actually uh, about a week and a half before he put me in. Okay. Then he kept me around I, for courtesy's sake, I guess, uh, for another couple weeks. And then uh, no, he, no. Said, I go, he called me in his office. He says, I hate, have to tell you this, but I'm going to have to release you. But would you please come back next year when your legs are well? Because we could certainly use you. Okay. So we like your arm anyway. Oh yeah, my arm got good arm still today. Okay. Now, when you were working out with him before he had actually put you in the game, did they know you couldn't run? No, because I didn't practice like I was running. I didn't let them know. I kept it to secret, all to myself. So then, in the game, when you're playing. Did someone just, just try bunting on you to see what would happen? Well, yeah, exactly. Because the, the rumor had gotten through because we had interaction between the leagues. You know, when we were off, we would go visit the other kids. And they say, well, she can't run. Start butting for God's uh. sakes. <laughs> <laughs> she can't move, which was true. <laughs> How would you hurt your legs? Uh, running. Uh, and. Uh, then I didn't tell him, and I was hobbling around there. I couldn't hardly run. And some ungodly reason, the other leg was pulled. Mm -hmm. I cannot understand how I got two Charlie horses. But anyway, I kept those babies for a long time, even after I came home. It took a while to get rid of it. Mm -hmm. And then when I got home from playing ball, and I was hired by Northrop Aircraft, I wanted to go back and play again. But I had such a good opportunity, uh, I couldn't do it. This fellow I met. Um, was in charge of um, all traffic at Northrop Aircraft. And he says, I want you to come in, learn the job, and I want you to be supervisor in, tra in transportation. I said, oh, come on, get off of it. I said, I can't do that. I, I told him that, and he says, no, you got the personality for it. He says, I got to get you in here to get these drivers in order. And I said, no, 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 no. Well, anyway, I finally decided to do it. And uh, I said, the only way I will do it, though, is I learned how to drive every piece of equipment we have. And he's, because I do not want to hear them razzing me or giving me a hard time that picked the wrong person. Well, anyway, he did. And uh, I worked my way up from um, um, courier hauling VIPs all over, like generals and presidents and heads of states and what have you all around. And, uh, I worked myself up to be dispatcher, and from dispatcher I went on to be supervisor, then I became manager of all highway transportation of Northrop Aircraft. Mm -hmm. uh, tell me a little bit about that courier job. You said, you're, who, were you, who, what, who were you driving around? Oh, all big time, offer, uh, heads of state uh, from all over the world, uh, because at that time we were building the F-5 fighter, and we were trying to sell it. So we were selling it to all the different countries. and. Uh, for their air, uh, fleet or air, air force. And uh, I hard hauled lots of very important people. In fact, Ronald Reagan was one of them. To this day, I was thrilled to death about that. He was governor of the state at that particular time. Right. Uh, were there other individuals uh, whose names you remember, or ones who stood out in your mind as being particularly interesting or unusual oh, people? General Whitehead, who was the head of uh, the Pacific, um, uh, Gosh, what was his name? Oh golly, I loved him, and then several of them, and I can't head, I can't remember right now, and the Korean generals and 
Oh, it was it was quite an experience, believe me. All right. Uh, now, were you going into a, a jobs that normally men had been doing? Yeah, absolutely. It was all men. And I, I, uh, then when I became uh, the courier, there was uh, two couriers already ahead of me, girls. Mm -hmm. We wore little uniforms, and I thought I was real cute, uglier than said, but I thought I was cute. Anyway, uh, um, that's what we did, and that was the only girls in the department. And then uh, I went on, and like I told you, became uh, head of the department. And one of my jobs was planning routes for the F-18 uh, aircraft to get it to, uh, from Edwards Air, from Hawthorne Air Force Base, uh, or Northrop Field to um, Edwards Air Force Base. And I have to go out and survey all of that, take down uh, uh, signs, trees, and everything else because uh, we had to get, get it there because that was going to be our future was the F-18. So luckily, that was quite a real job. And uh, I got that sucker down there. And one time when we was going through downtown LA, because it's got the wings on it, uh, this drunk comes staggered out of the bar downtown Los Angeles. And he looked down, the darn wing was practically going over his head. And he went like this. And he turned around. He went right back into the war. He wasn't seeing pink elephants. He was seeing <laughs> airplanes. <laughs> I can imagine what he told him. <laughs> And it was a lot of fun. But when I got to Edwards Air Force Base, that was so exciting because they had laid out the red carpet for me. And after we stopped the aircraft and all the people got out, this playing, off we go into the wild blue yonder. I got out of the truck and I couldn't stand up. I was so weak. I fell almost down on my knees. They caught me. I was so excited. It was quite an honor. Now, did you encounter any friction being a woman going into these positions and well, telling men I'm, what to do? <clears throat> At first I did, but the problem was is that uh, I learned it very well and I knew what I was talking about and they couldn't argue with me or try to pull the wool over my eyes and they soon learned that they couldn't do that to me. I was fair, but I was strict. So the fellow who hired you knew what he was doing? Well, apparently, he was, I guess so. And also, I planned the route for the B-2 bomber. So I was happy about that, too. Now, you said, do you have to move that along surface streets, too? Oh, yeah, had to. Not the whole bomber, just okay, the, this the cockpit fuselage? area. Oh, the cockpit area, okay. Uh -huh. Okay, but you didn't have the whole, all the oh, wings. Oh, no, down. no, you couldn't. Uh, they <laughs> did that up at Palmdale. They built the wings, but mm -hmm. we built the cockpit at uh, our facility. And that was great, too. I forgot to tell you, I played also for the New Orleans Jacks, the world champions. Now, when did, were you doing that? Oh, God, I can't remember what year that was. It was while I was working at Northrop. Okay. Uh, I told my boss at the time, I said, I have to have a whole month or so off because they're asking me, pleading with me to come play for them. So I said, okay. He said, okay. Right. So he gave me a month off. How did you play. get the invitation to play for this New Orleans team? Well, they knew about me playing back there, and they were out here, and uh, uh, they needed uh, another ball player desperately. Hmm. So I said, okay, I would. So that was fun. Okay. Now, did you play second base for them? Second base. All right. And then where did you go when you were playing with them? Oh, went up to Canada, all through Washington and uh, Oregon and uh, Arizona. California. Okay. Now, was this a point after the uh, All-American League had folded? Yes, that was. It was, oh, I would say that's probably doubted about uh, mm, 
50, 51 maybe. Well, okay, I, may be all, I may be wrong. Well, well 50, 51, the league is still going. Oh, at yeah, that point. the they're, league's still they're, going. They're but I didn't trouble. have time to go back and play ball. Right. I couldn't do that. Right. I'd lose my job. Right. That was more important. But you could take the month and go with Yeah, I, he gave me a month. So you got a chance to go back and, and play a little bit yeah, after, I after did. the injury. And, and, and that was fun. Okay. Uh, now, what, when you were make, on that particular tour, what kind of crowds did you get? Oh, fantastic. In fact, we stopped at Bakersfield um, and played the world champion men's baseball team. And uh, we had two sisters on the team known as the Sabotas. <clears throat> Best baseball players or softball players or any ball players I've ever seen in my life. During batting practice, they both of them could take batting practice and hit it over the fence, left-handed and right-handed. No problem. Run like deers and throw. You cannot imagine how great they were. The greatest two ball players that ever lived. Okay. You said you, you played the men's championship team. Was that a championship softball team? Softball okay. team, yeah. So you weren't playing the New York Yankees or something? No, and, but during that uh, game that we played them, uh, the men had to pitch from the uh, men's length and the women pitched from our, our length of distance to the plate. And our pitcher was named Lottie Jackson. <coughs> and she stood about 6'1 or 2. And she had a wind-up that you couldn't even see the ball. Jenny Finch today, I don't think Jenny Finch is as fast as was this girl. And these guys couldn't hit her. And mm -hmm. it was so funny. I, we couldn't hit him either, let's face it. But anyway, <laughs> he walked me somehow. I probably stand there with my bat on my shoulder. He couldn't hit the plate. But anyway, I somehow got over to third base. Well, this manager that we had, Frida Savona, was their Savona's sisters. Mm -hmm. She says... Uh, Pretend like you can't run. I said, why the run? She says, no, pretend like you can't run. I said, well, okay. <laughs> you know, <laughs> she, she took over. What she noticed, we beat these guys. What happened was, is that the catcher, when he'd get the ball sometimes, he would walk about almost to where the pitcher was and just give him this, mm -hmm. and he'd slowly start walking back to the plate. She noticed this, how smart she was. Well, he went out there and he gave a little pitch to the pitcher and she took off like a jackrabbit and slid right under him. She was safe. We won one to nothing. Those people we had, I think there was 8,000 people out there at that game. And they just hooted and hollered at that. That was really something. Never was so tickled by life. All right. Did they make any effort to get you to stay on? or? Well, they wanted us to come back and play, but we had a, you know, a, a schedule. Couldn't do it. Because they they couldn't they didn't like that at all, not at all. All right. Uh, then uh, was that sort of the last time you were playing in, in organized ball? Or? Yes, that was the very last time that I decided to hang it up. Okay. Now, when you were, you know, working at Northrop and so forth, I mean, did did people know anything about what you'd done in the past? Oh, or been in these uh, different leagues and things. Well, you know, during that time they didn't know. Um, because, you know, it wasn't the, the movies what made it. If it wasn't for the movie, you wouldn't have known about the All-American Girls, and you wouldn't have known about the Professional Softball League. Because, mm -hmm. actually, they could have taken the Softball League instead of the All-Americans, made the same movie. But they didn't. But people didn't realize that there was two leagues, mm -hmm. or even one league. You know, especially the Western people. In the Midwest, they knew it. In Chicago, they knew it. But that was it. South didn't know it. Nobody knew it until Penny Marshall decided to make the movie. Right. 
Now, how did you wind up hooked up with, with this organization? I mean, you, you played, you know, on, on one team for a, um, a few short weeks. Short length of time? Yeah. Well, they started, they made the movie, mm -hmm. and uh, they asked me to come and be in the movie, you know, so I was in it, you know, when the old timers was at the end and what have you, and uh, that, that was the reason. Now, did you know a number of the people? Oh, been yeah, because I played softball with them and baseball and uh, what have you. I've known quite a few of them for years. Now, at the time you were doing all these things, both uh, whether it was sort of you know, playing in, in these leagues or, uh, for that matter, as you were kind of going into some of your jobs at, at Northrop, did you see yourself as anything of a pioneer or were you just kind oh, of no. taking care of yourself. No, nobody did. You know, nobody did until after the uh, movie again. Um, the movie was uh, the main key to everybody. And even when you'd even mentioned, well, you played the All-American or you played in the uh, National League, you know, you know what you're talking about. To know, have no clue. Could care less. All right. Now they care. Amazing. Mm -hmm. well, what do you think of sort of this, this state of women's sports today? Do you see it? yourself as being sort of part of a oh, larger trend? Oh, I think that's the most wonderful thing in the world is giving all the girls the opportunities and the scholarships. It's not that they're going to be great professional athletes, but it gives them the opportunity to go to college. And that's what I'm thrilled about is it gives the girls an opportunity to take the right step in their lives, whichever step that is. And they have a choice. And thank God that happened. And we're so thrilled about it. And before, well, you know, it was a good old boys, you know, let's face it, all we were supposed to do was stay home and put on our aprons and have kids. How do you think your life would have gone if, if you hadn't hooked up with, with, with organized softball and so forth? What would have happened? I would have probably uh, gone on to college and been a PE teacher. Exactly what I would have done. That was what I, that was my goal in life because I didn't think there was any chance to go play professional softball or baseball, but uh, it was there, and we, oh gosh, how lucky we were. Uh, and how lucky we were. And, and did that, was that what gave you the connections that enabled you to go into Northrop? I mean, did people know you from that, or? No, no, I uh, was at a function or something, and I think I was giving a speech about, I don't know what in the world I was doing. Anyway, he came up to me and he says, I need you, and I, what do you mean you need me, you know? And he says, well, I da 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 I want you to come work at Northrop. And I says, well, I'm going to go to college. Mm -hmm. He says, no, I want you to come from Northrop because I'm going to give you a good job and I'm going to open the door for you. So maybe he saw something that he thought maybe I was a leader or something. That's what I thought. If you were at a function or giving a speech, though, was that maybe yeah, somehow, somehow in conjunction with what you had no, been doing already? No, or? no, I think I don't know what the heck I was giving the speech about. I was giving a speech about, what in the heck, I can't remember what it was. But I was giving a little speech. I don't know what it was, maybe about going to college and what my, that's what it was. I was going to go to college and what my career was going to be and what I was going to become. Mm -hmm. I think that was it. All right. Now, how do you think your uh, time in, the, in these organized leagues, how did that affect you or change you? Did you grow up some because of this or learn things, that whole experience going out to Chicago and all of that? Well, yeah, it taught me a great deal because I had never even been away from my mother overnight at a, a girl's party, you know, sleep out or go anywhere to visit anybody. That was the first time. Mm -hmm. And I learned a great deal. And it was uh, quite exciting. 
And when, you know, they said they put the ropes around the suitcases, well, I had ropes around my suitcase, and I took off. Gosh, I thought I was high hog, hog heaven when I landed in Chicago, and they picked me up. All right. Although there was that part there where you had to big building. Yeah. yeah, but you had to barricade yourself in the hotel room when you got there. But uh -huh. but the, the the young woman who did that is, is not the same person exactly that the fellow from Northrop spotted and said, "Okay, I no. need her." So something happens in oh, between there. Well, that was a learning process. Absolutely, a big learning process. It's not as easy as you think. I figured it out. And uh, when I went to Northrop and I realized that if I really wanted to make it, I had to devote myself to it and quit being a kid anymore and quit fooling around as much. Well, I still fool around. But anyway, <laughs> that's the way it is. All right. Well, it makes for very good stories. So thanks for coming in and telling it to me today. Hey, I hope you appreciate it. The preceding program is copyrighted by Grand Valley State University. Visit us at gbsu.edu.